Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Isaiah chapter 60, I'm just going to read the first verse. You're there, say amen. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, everyone say arise. Shine. There is a succession here that is required of the Lord. You must get up from where you are. You must get up out of your sin. You must get up out of your situation. In order to be anointed from your head, you must get up from where you've been bowed down. And so he said, arise first. Get that first. Get that done. How is that done? It's done through repentance. Water baptism in Jesus' name. Amen, somebody. And then he said, shine. And that's done through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That illumination that God puts us. So arise, shine. And why is this possible? For the light has come. Jesus is the light. Amen. The light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Tech team, would you get verse 2 and verse 3? I'll give you a minute to help me with that. So he says, arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord. You don't know this, but this is a prophecy of the days that Jesus is going to come. He said, there's going to be glory in that day. The Lord is risen upon thee. Everybody say reflective. He said, there's going to come a point where if you will get up and if you will stay full of the Holy Ghost, that the glory of the Lord will shine on you in a way that all the world knows. And he goes on to say some very interesting words to Israel. He said, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Is that not the day we live in? Gross darkness. But the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. There it is. His glory on us. What a way to live. What a powerful life we can live. God's glory on us. And let the Gentiles, everybody say, that's me. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light those that weren't supposed to have an opportunity, those that were supposed to be the farthest from God, the dogs the Jewish thought, the ones that didn't have a chance, they're going to be able to come because of thy light, because of what you reflect, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. In other words, he said, if you will get up and you'll get full of the Holy Ghost and you'll walk reflecting God, You will have such a glory in your life that those that are far from God will come to the Lord through you and those that have authority will recognize you have a greater authority in your life. The kings will come because of thy rising, because you got up and you have the Holy Ghost in your life and you're living in the light of God. It shall reflect to the world and all shall know it. It's not you, but it's him. It's his glory, amen? Jesus, help us today. We've got a new year on our hands. You have not taken us home yet. 
We really need your touch to do what you call us to do. We are mere people with struggles and ups and downs. Would you help us today? I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Just a quick caveat, if you wouldn't mind. Yesterday we did go to the installation service in Waukesha of Pastor Ball, Pastor Crystal, and Brandon Ball, and Brother <laughs> Brother Putnam got up and said when they got the application for his license, he said to Brother Kasky, our district secretary for this, the district means the state of Wisconsin, he said, do you realize this, this man right here that's asking for a license gets most of his information and influence from a crystal ball? Because <laughs> that's the name of his wife, Crystal Ball. <laughs> and so he was having a good time and... Brother Kasky's like, what? Give me that application. <laughs> and uh, we, they were making a lot of references to their life and their story. And Brother Hook, who's been here for 30 years in Waukesha, has now passed the, the sword of truth on to Brandon and Crystal Ball. And they are now installed as pastors. We did that yesterday. And I want to celebrate our neighboring pastor, our sister church that carries the truth of God. Amen? I just want to let you know that so you know who the pastor is at that church now. And Brother Brandon Ball is a great friend of mine, and he is a great minister, a great Marine, served his country, and is serving the kingdom of God. The Bible gives us a very clear picture of what light means. It doesn't give very much time to the spectrums of light or anything that we talked about this morning, which was very good. Thank you, Reese, for a wonderful Spirit Life class. Of course, every time he teaches, I'm like, how did he know my notes? And um, so I want you to know that light is, whenever you talk about light, you have to talk about the fact that God is light. He created with light. He is light. So therefore, he created with his essence, and there, all things are held by him. And in that creation, we understand that when he came to the earth, he said, I am the light of the world. In other words, Jesus said, the light that is God is me. The invisible one is now visible in me. And there's many revelations in the scripture, and we understand that if we walk in light, we shall not walk in darkness. Scripture says that. The scripture tells us that he is the light of the world. We know that. And that whenever he talks to us, and gives us symbols in the scripture, those symbols have greater meaning than we can even understand unless we go back and study the history of those symbols and what they mean. And so whenever you look at the scripture, you understand that God is talking to us about who he is and all of these different things. The fire at night, the pillar of fire at night in the tabernacle situation in the wilderness. God was so kind to them that he said, I'm going to set a light before you. And whenever that light moves, you move. Wherever that light takes you, you go. And you be obedient to that light. And as he's giving them a picture of how to walk with God, because they had no idea of how to walk with God. They were people coming out of Egypt, led by Moses. And Moses was so patient with them and so kind to them. But God said, these people don't know anything but idolatry. They don't know how to worship me. So I'm going to give you artifacts. I'm going to give you things that represent God. And they're going to be physical things that represent an invisible God. 
And I want you to build a tabernacle in the wilderness. And I want you to put a brazen laver before the tabernacle. And I want you to put a golden lampstand in the holy place, which is what this is right here. It's still a Jewish symbol that's used today. The golden lampstand. I have a silver one. Please forgive me. It's the only one I found. If you'd like a golden lampstand, like the scripture has, says, we're going to need at least $10,000, okay? Because it's made of pure gold. And uh, I don't have that kind of gold laying around. Maybe you do. I probably could have called Brother Dean and got the full setup, but I... I I don't want to spend all of that time on just that aspect because the beautiful symbolism of this lampstand is that the light it represents is Jesus to us. In the Old Testament, when they had the lampstand in the tabernacle, they built everything else to a specification of measurement. But when it got to the lampstand, which represents Jesus, there was no specification of measurement because you cannot measure a God in flesh. You cannot measure a God who touches everything. He's immeasurable. And if it's going to represent Jesus Christ in our life, the light has to be able to go anywhere and everywhere. I know you said it this morning, Brother Reese, but darkness is not because... Um, light, it's not in my notes, I apologize. Light, darkness is the absence of light. Light is the presence of God. And so we talk about the scriptures in fire. We talked about the scripture this morning that God is a consume. He's a consuming fire. There is a representation of fire because that's what they had. And so when they get to the candlestick, they would light the candlestick and it represented the light of God. But there was a place where you had to keep the candlestick. And that is very symbolic. The, the candlestick in that day was one entire piece. In fact, we add candles. They add candles to it now because of of the way that they're set up. But in those days, there was a flower bud on top and there was actually oil filling the entire candlestick. And the, the job of the priests of the tabernacle were to keep that which was in the holy place and they were to keep the light forever burning and they would put a little wick on top of the opening of that flowered uh, candlestick and they would light that and they would keep it full of oil and they must constantly fill it with oil for it was continually to burn before the Lord. In fact, the place where there's the greatest indictment in scripture was when they let the candle or the light of God go out in the tabernacle in the holy place. There was the outer court that had natural light. There was the holy place that had light that represented Jesus. And then there was the holiest of holies, which was the light of God. There was no light. It was dark when the priest walked in one time a year to offer blood sacrifice on the mercy seat. And when God received the sacrifice to forgive and roll the sins of the nation forward one more year, year. They waited with anticipation what they know. Could, could the priest come back out and tell them, God has received your sacrifice. God has blessed you. You are in God's favor. God's light has come down in the holy place and he has forgiven your sins. They waited with anticipation for news. And if the priest went in the wrong way, they had the rope around his ankle because if he went in the wrong way, that light would strike him and cause him to die. And they would have to 
pull him back out of the holy place. So it was very important. The light of God represented the presence of God. It represented the power of God. And it represented, obviously, the, the sanction and the authority of God. And so when you see the candlestick in the holy place, we have to understand that if that represents Jesus, people that are coming to God may come out of the, whole, the court. They may come into the place of worship. They may come into this house and have an opportunity to lift their hands with the sacrifice of praise. But they may not understand the holy things of God. They may not understand the power and the might and the, and the, the presence of God in such a way that it would make no sense to them if we took them right into the holy place. It would blind them because they would understand that I don't quite understand the concepts or, or the depth of this, but if we can take them into a holy place where Jesus is there, where the light in that place only came from the candlestick, if we can bring them into a place of worship, which is the outer court, where there's some natural light and some revelation of God, and then take them into the holy place through our worship, where the only light that's important is what happened just a minute ago here, where Jesus was the only thing that was important in this place, and, and some of us fell on our knees, and some of us began to pray, and some even danced in their spirit, in the spirit, because they didn't care about who else was here. It wasn't important that there were other things going on in this service. The one thing that was most important was, I see Jesus. I want Jesus. I want the light of God in my life. I don't want man's revelation. I don't want to be led by the revelation or light of the world. I want to be led by the light of Jesus Christ. That is our comparison. That is our place to stand. And that is who is in our life to lead us and to guide us. The Bible says in Psalms that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I want you to know that it's going to cost you something to carry the light of God in your life. There is a struggle and there is a place in our life where we struggle against the flesh and the spirit. But to carry the light of Jesus Christ in our life means that we have a place where we not only have the proper, the proper understanding that he goes before us everywhere we go, but also the Bible says in Psalms that he is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And they would sometimes put the lantern out on a long pole so that they could see the path out ahead of them. But the idea was not that they would see all of the landscape of their future or the landscape of tomorrow or the landscape of the next day but what the scripture literally says in that passage if you would put up Psalms 119 I would appreciate it and when the scripture talks about it that in the passage it's saying that the light doesn't have to be bright enough to illuminate the entire path the light just has to be bright enough to illuminate your next step and what we understand is we can worry about all the things in our life. We can worry about what's coming next. We can worry about what's down the road a few months, a few days, and, and what, what we may be de dealing with in difficulty or in struggle. But Jesus said, don't look at what you can't control. Look at what you can control. And that is to carry the light of Jesus Christ. It may only be in lantern form. It may not be bright enough for you to remove some of the things you may be confused about right now or to remove all the things that you worry about right now but he said don't worry about tomorrow I've got that covered for you I am the light of the world I am going to take care of that for you but what he does say is your responsibility somebody help me preach in this place is to carry the lantern of God to carry the light of God and that light of God is only there for you to understand it has multiple purposes but what I'm preaching right now is that it is there to help you take your next step the next step you have you don't have to know 
know what's going to be there in 10 years. You need to plan ahead. You need to get an IRA. You need to have a retirement plan. And Brother Reese says amen because he does plan those things. But what you have to understand is with God and in the power of God, you have only given the authority to ask God for your next step. What is my next step? Where do I go next? What do I have that's supposed to be in you? What is your will for my life? And I will carry out that will of God in my life. It is good. It is good to walk with the Lord. In fact, the Bible said, if you walk in the spirit or in the light, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. In fact, the scripture said how foolish we would be to have begun this in the spirit and try to finish it in the flesh. Only God can do what God can do. Just because we have all the trappings and the beautiful environments and the worship and all the things, we cannot do this on our own. We need the light of God here every single Sunday. We need the power of God present every single Sunday. We need God here in this place. And we must not just leave it here. We must take it and carry it with us everywhere we go. But it costs something. It costs something. The unfortunate thing about Revelation is Revelation is everywhere in our world. Medical science is doubling almost in six months. We literally see the world exploding with knowledge and revelation. There's false light everywhere. And we need to hold on to the true light of Jesus Christ. Amen? People are understanding they need to have healthy bodies. They need to be in ketosis. <laughs> I'm so far from ketosis, it's going to take me two years to get there. Some of you laugh because you know what I'm talking about. It's really hard to stay in ketosis. <laughs> but uh, it's a personal moment. I apologize. And the crowd that's called the church today, there is going to be a church taken out of a church. You've heard that all your life. There is going to be people that come and enjoy the presence of God that know of him but don't know him. They come around the warmth of the light but they don't have any foundation for the light to sit on. And the only place that you have a foundation is if you're willing to make a sacrifice to carry the light. So these crowds, obviously, we have so many things that are crowd-driven in our world. Media, social, you, you know, it's a mess. One thing that I found that was very interesting was People that want to be followers, that, that want to follow Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you have got to have a want to if you're going to carry the light of God in your life. You have to surrender your will. It is the path that is chosen for every single human being. You must choose Jesus Christ over everything else. He is not going to step in and force you to decide to follow him. That is not his plan. That was not his plan in the beginning for Adam and Eve. That is not his plan now. He doesn't want you to follow him robotically. You know that. He wants you to choose him and keep choosing him over and over again. And I found some interesting statistics in a recent article in Real Life Magazine could serve as a very important application to the metaphor of people who want to be Christians but won't do what it takes to walk in the light of Jesus Christ. The market of workout clothing continues. This is funny. 
to skyrocket. Workout clothing. You've seen them. I've seen them. I'm like, did you come from the gym? And no, they're just, that's their clothing every day. It's growing 5% each year. The market approaches for workout clothing, $100 billion a year. How many know there's not that many people working out? <laughs> but they're buying the clothes. Yet the article notes the sales of yoga clothing increases 10 times as fast as the actual participation in yoga classes. And for every 10 people wearing workout clothes, only one is working out. For many, it's the same as their attempt to live for God. They have Bibles on their shelf. They have books about living right. They like the look. That is what it is. They like the look, but not the work. They like to talk the talk, but they just don't want to walk the walk. And that is why there's going to be a church in a church. Because someone's going to say, if it's you, Jesus, I want all of it. Because it is a blessing to walk with God. It's hard to come to a difference of conclusion when you're looking at these kind of things, that there is a, a separation between wanting and doing. And there is a need for us to be Christians, to not only hear the word, but to do it. Understand the average Christian spends only nine minutes a day in a religious or spiritual activity. According to Christianity Today magazine in August 2010. August 2010. It is 2019. The American church statistics that I have pulled for you are of, two, of the 250,000 Protestant churches in America, 200,000 are either stagnant with no growth or declining. That's 80% of churches in America are either not growing or declining. 4,000 churches close their doors every single year. There is less than half of the number of churches today than there were only 100 years ago. 3,500 people leave the church every single day. This compilation is from James McDonald in his book, Walk in the Word. I want you to know that the world needs you carrying the light. That there are people that have walked away from God and they are going to come back because the beauty of the, of the truth is that if you reflect Jesus Christ, the power of God is actually seen by others through you. And when they touch you, they touch Jesus. Not because you are deity, but because you're connected to Jesus. And you can be a light in their life. Amen? It's going to cost you. Give sacrifice its proper place. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. Amen? It's a new year. It's a time to go before the Lord. Paul had it said of him, and he was writing out exactly what he had sacrificed to carry the light on his mission trips into places all over Asia. And you know his travels. You can look them up. You can even pull a map in the back of your Bible and see all the places and struggles that he went to. But he said, I have worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count, and the deaths and at death's door time after time. I have been flogged five times with the Jews, 39 lashes, beaten by Roman 
rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been immersed in the open sea for a night and a day in hard traveling year in and year out. I have had a ford to ford rivers. I've fended off robbers, struggled with friends, struggled with foes. I've been at risk in the city and risk in the country. This is what he's been. Enlarged in, endangered in the desert sun and in sea storm. And betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long and lonely night without sleep. Many, many missed meals. Blasted by cold. Naked and shamed to, to the weather. And that not, that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxiety of all the churches. That is what he said in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29. Oh, the price of carrying the truth. It's going to cost us something. But guess what? The beautiful thing is that when we carry the light of God, we carry Pentecost. The word Pentecost has the word cost in it because it's going to cost something to carry the light of God. We have to be grounded, brothers and sisters, and we have to carry the light of God. And somebody said, amen. The beautiful thing about the light of God is that in Malachi, he asks us to make a decision. Malachi 4, 2 through 3, he says, but for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And he will go out and leap like, and you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Sounds like fun to me. Then you will trample down the wicked, and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. And one day, and sorry, soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says, says the Lord Almighty. The reason why I'm not reading well is because I'm actually reading the next part of my sermon. So I apologize. We have to walk in the light. And the Bible says if we walk in the light, we have fellowship one with another. In other words, if we don't have Jesus in our life, we're not going to fellowship together very well. The light of God has to have a foundation, though. And the foundation of God is very important because where you set the light has to be a stable place. I want you to know that this is the place where I've chosen to put it. The light of God has to be in a safe place. Do you like the illustration? <laughs> it was heavy to carry in here. And there's a cost. There's a cost to it. We're getting it. But the thing, the place that isn't safe for the light to be set on has to be a sturdy place, and that is a place in our life where we have identity. I talked about this a little bit to the leadership of the church when we were doing our leadership vision casting and this year I feel like God gave us this particular theme of light and darkness I want you to know that wherever darkness is God is not scared he is not afraid I used to have a pastor friend that would walk into bars stand at the door and said whoever wants their life to be changed and wants Jesus meet me on the parking lot and there's always somebody I want Jesus <laughs> stumbles our way out. And he said, the greatest miracles I ever saw was when drunk people didn't know what they wanted out of God. They just 
Sounds good to me. Must be a party in the parking lot. They didn't really know what they were even going after. And some of them, he laid his hands on them and prayed. He said, I have never seen the greatest miracle happen when someone goes from drunk to speaking in tongues. He goes, God literally removes the alcohol from their bloodstream. And they began to speak in tongues in the parking lot. And God changes their life forever and gives them a new identity. You're no longer a drunk on a bench somewhere in some dark bar. But God has brought light into your life and power. And he's changed you. And he said, you don't need a bottle anymore. You need new wine from the Holy Ghost. You need a fresh touch of God. You need a new identity. So the light of God, when it comes, it will rest on us but it must first rest in a safe place and it will change our identity. He'll put his name on us in baptism. And that means that everything is changed forever, that we are now walking in his name and his authority, amen? That's why it requires of us to look at our lives and say, is this where I should be? Is this what I should be doing? Should I be living like this? Is this proper? If Jesus were standing here, would I be ashamed to be doing what I'm doing? There is an identity that gives us a safe place. Amen. I have never been in jeopardy of being shot in a bar. I've never been in jeopardy of being beat up because I was out doing something I shouldn't be. I have always been protected by the identity of God in my life. In fact, the best place to keep this so you don't lose it is right here. I used to travel a lot. And when you're traveling and you have your passport, you don't get in and out of America without a passport. And so when you're traveling, you start to go, yep, I got it. And you get a little ways further, you get off the next plane, you're like, yep, it's there. We're good. You're always checking your identity to make sure you can get to the place where you need to go. You make sure you keep a hand on the thing that helps you to get access. And so your identity is not just for this world to get you from one state or one country to another. It's an identity for heaven and for hell to know that you're walking in the authority and the holiness and the power of God. And that is what you need to do. You need to go back. Am I walking holy? Am I, am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I walking in the righteousness of God? Do I have the holiness of God in my life? Am I living the identity that he gave me? Because it is your access to heaven and your protection from the things of hell. That is why light needs a safe place. And the other thing is the truth of God's word. The truth of God's word is where light best lives. And the illumination, the revelation of God is important. And when you get close to his word, you get close to him because he was... The word made flesh and dwelt among us. Would you bring me that rod that's back there? I do some work where I install in places. And when you get up into these kind of ceilings and you're putting in cameras, it's dark up there. So I'm going to need some help shutting off all the lights. But hold on, hold on just a second. Whenever you run wires across a roof, they use something called a glow rod. And you'll see why it's a glow rod in just a minute. If you put it close to the light, it gets more powerful. Now, would you shut off the lights for me? Shut them all off, if you can. Does anybody see that? It's pretty bright, isn't it? We still have a lot of light in this room, and you can see that. When you get above a ceiling and it's pitch dark, you can see this for a long ways off. This is what we'd use as technicians to install some things that we, when we got into dark places. 
But whenever these start to be used too much and they don't get into a bright room, they start to weaken their reflective capabilities. You can turn the light back on. But we would take them and we would hold them close to a really bright light and it would absorb that light and then we could see them better when we were doing our work in the ceiling, installing things. This is what the word of God is to us. The word of God allows us to absorb who God is through his word so that we can better reflect him. And so that we can go into dark places and we can help people and do things that we wouldn't be able to do without him. The word of God will help you and guide you. The word of, this is, these are actually called guide rods. You can come get this for me. This guide rod helps me to do the work that I need to do. And I literally would not have been able to accomplish that work had I not had that on me in my job. And that's the same thing with this. The light of God is in the world today. He has put his light in the earth. But the thing that helps us to reflect him more is if we live by the word of God. If we get close to the word, we reflect him better. We become reflections of what we read. Amen? Don't resist it. Reflect it. Amen? And that's the truth. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. Buy the truth and sell it not. And the other thing that's a stable base, is this okay today? Is this okay today? The other thing that's a stable place to put the light is on something that's safe that has the anointing in it. You need the identity of God in a safe place. You need the word of God to live by where the light rests, but you also need the anointing of God. I told the leadership that you remember the story when David heard that Saul was killed, the king, and David grieved. David was already anointed to be the next king. You would think he'd be like, finally, the one that's not walking with God, the one that had the anointing of God pulled from him, for he reached up and took a hold of the tallit of the man of God when he was walking away because he recognized that he had offered sacrifice and shouldn't have. And he, when he took a hold of that, he tore it, and, and the prophet turned back and told him that... It, the kingdom is going to be torn from your hands and given to someone better. And in the scriptures, the word better does not mean that they are more talented and more gifted and more capable. In scripture, the word better means they are under a better covenant. They live more obedient to God. That is what the word better means in scripture. So when he turned back to the prophet, turned back to Saul and said, it's going to be torn from you and given to someone who's better, referring to David. David was anointed to be king. It meant that David had a heart after God. God, that David had a heart for the light of God and he lived in a revelation state where God come to me and talk to me look inside my heart cleanse me find any wicked way he was saying illuminate my life take your light and put it in my life anywhere you see light anywhere you see darkness take it and cleanse it and he wanted to be open before God and stand in the light of God and that's why God said he was better because he had a true light in his life that could touch everything. There wasn't a closet closed. There wasn't a place where, yeah, I go to church, but this is not accessible to God. For him, he had a heart after God because he had a heart for everything that God had for him. He walked in the light and the anointing that anointed him was powerful. And so when he heard about the death of Saul, he said, where was the armor bearer? Where, he said, where was the holy, where was the, the anointed shield? That's what he said in the scripture. And what I understood was, in those days, they didn't make shields out of metal. 
They would build them out of wood frames and then they would stretch really tough hide over them. And when they stretched that hide over them, it created a shield. And what they would do is they had to anoint that shield on a regular basis in order for it to not become brittle and have it become ineffective where an arrow could pierce it. But when they would anoint it on a regular basis, when you shot an arrow at a shield that was skin stretched over wood and it was anointed like it was supposed to be, the arrow would deflect off the shield because it strengthened the leather for it to have it anointed. And so what David was saying was, where was the anointed shield? Where was the warrior that understood that he needed to continually anoint the shield of faith or the shield that he held for Saul? And it's the same thing for the light of God. The light of God is so important to us that we have to understand that the shield of faith, our faith in our life must have the anointing of God on it all the time in order for it to be effective. It will become brittle and it will not protect us if we don't have an anointing so we have to have the light resting on our identity and resting on an anointing of God that only comes from the Spirit of God. And we must have the light resting on the truth of God that we live by in our life every single week. This is not just a sermon. This is a lifestyle. Light in our life. But it's not okay to be a light and not be plugged in. This is a light bulb. It has everything it needs to cast light. It has everything it needs to be a light to your path and to light up the darkest place. But it's not lighting anything right now because it's not plugged in. That might be funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My illustrations either come off hilarious or groaners. That's really what... that there, There's two... Two dynamics there. They're either like, oh, or they're like, oh, that was good. But this particular light is fully functional if it's plugged into a source. Right now it's doing nobody any good. And this is a Christian that is not plugged into the life lived for Jesus. You have everything you need. You have every opportunity to have clarity and to have the darkness pushed back in your life. If you only plug in to Jesus Christ, he will light your life. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me today? I know there's so much more I have to say, but there's, there was a work of the Holy Ghost that happened here before I even preached. And I really feel like the message for today that I have changed a little bit from a vision casting of where we're going to an understanding that you have to get up. You can't live a sinful lifestyle and carry the light of God. You cannot keep doing what it takes to be the light and to be a Christian and not plug into God and live it. But the most beautiful life is a life that wasn't supposed to light up. A light that was supposed to stay dark stay extinguished. The most beautiful light is whenever someone comes to God and has a story that's not supposed to make any sense, but they plugged in and they're lighting their world up for Jesus Christ, even though they were supposed to stay in darkness. That is the most beautiful story. And it's a story of will and it's a story of choice and it's a story of desire. 
where you're hungry for God more than anything else. Is there anybody hungry for God in their life? Would you lift your hands and would you ask God to increase that desire? Increase that desire for light in your life. Increase your love for Him. And if you need to get up from a place you've been, if you need to change your life so that it carries the light of God, maybe you just haven't put the light in a safe place. Maybe you haven't really walked in the identity of God yet. Maybe you really haven't let the truth of God's word speak to you to where you walk in it. Or maybe, maybe it's been a long time since you prayed and you just are not feeling the anointing anymore. I tell you today, Arise. I speak it over this congregation. Get up from where you were. Get up from where you've been. I'm speaking this in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel this from heaven. I'm telling you, you have to get up if you want it to stay the way it needs to be. You have to stand up from where you've been. You can't let yourself do what you did before. You have to arise. Because the point is not that you couldn't shine. The point is that you haven't plugged in yet. Arise, shine. And the reason why you have to get up is because the light has come. The light is here. It's ready for you. It's available. It's, it's ready to give you the most beautiful life you've ever seen. The most beautiful illumination and understanding of God to walk in to a place of light and understanding. It'll give you the most amazing rays of hope and joy. This is what it means to light the darkness. The darkness that tries to crowd into our lives through busyness and through schedules. May we walk in the light today. Jesus, come, bring your light to each heart in this room. This service is about others. This service is about the work of the people of God. This service is about us plugging into you. God is telling somebody in this room that this is your day to turn around. I don't know what that means, but I've had that happen before and it's been very serious. This is your day to turn around. Wherever you've been, if you are confused, if you are hurting, if you are in need of God, this altar's open to you. There's a light in this room that can forever change your life. It's Jesus. You're welcome at this altar. Would you, would you find somebody, maybe bring them with you and pray? Would you ask somebody, can you go to the altar with me and just, would you help me pray for light in this situation? Light in our homes, light in our relationships, just new joy and peace and illuminate in us, God, today. What you want to do in each one of us. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Don't wait. Come and lift your hands at this altar and say, Lord, make me the vessel you rest upon. Make me the vessel you rest upon. There's beauty in carrying your light. There may be sacrifice, but I know my path will be lit as I carry your light to the world. And I will reflect you to others. In Jesus' name.
come on let's pray let's pray they're going to begin singing but let's pray let's seek god i would that there'd be a voice come up from the congregation if there's any interceders in this room would you intercede for someone that needs to plug in today break me would you begin to pray with your voice and with your authority in the spirit if you have the holy ghost ask god to bring light to this city bring light to somebody's heart we need him we need him today more than any other day we need him today lord god illuminate everything in us that needs to be reflected of you I give me Jesus faith name do light surgery on somebody's heart do laser surgery somewhere in somebody's spirituality cut away anything God oh I feel the Holy Ghost in this place God is working on somebody right now cut away anything with your light God that needs to be removed and make us new in 2019 help us God to reflect you to reflect you to reflect I need you. you to soften my heart to break me apart I need you to open 